You're listening to Meet Cute and Mistletoe, the podcast celebrating the best of the worst Christmas romantic comedies. <laughs> the more outlandish, the better. So grab a warm blanket and a cup of hot cocoa and cozy up with us while we discuss this week's Meet Cute. <laughs> Hey guys, we're your hosts. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kelly. This week, we watched Mistletoe Mix-Up, featuring a bevy of Lawrence brothers. That's right, Joey, Matthew, and Andrew Lawrence teamed up to bring us this brand new movie about a sad sack blonde bombshell falling for not one, but two Mr. Rights. When the going got tough in Hollywood during COVID... The tough got to making Christmas movies. I don't know if you noticed. Um, So we got a (laughs) slew of new movies this holiday season. We were truly blessed. All the streaming platforms are finally starting to catch on to new holiday rom-coms. And the fact that they are welcome and in demand and not just on Lifetime and on Hallmark, which is basically my long-winded way of saying that Mistletoe Mix-Up was a fun new Amazon Prime edition just in time for this holiday season. And I, for one, hope that they keep the new purchases and programming coming on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Before we start breaking down this week's movie discussion, we want to direct you to our free downloadable bingo cards on our website. As a quick intro for anyone who's new to the pod or tuning in after it's been a while, we've made up our own version of Meet Cute Bingo to see just how many classic holiday rom-com tropes that we've come to know and love that we can spot in each movie as we watch and discuss. If you haven't already done so and feel like playing along, go to our website and download a bingo card for free because we love you cuties. Yeah, Again, yeah. free. <laughs> it's at meetcuteandmistletoe.com or follow the links on Twitter at mcmistletoepod and all other social at meetcuteandmistletoe. Play along as you watch the movie on your own time. We'll be calling out any tropes we see and notice while we discuss. Yes, this means there will be spoilers ahead. Yes, yes. But first, Kelly will tempt us with her specially devised recipe for this week's movie treat. Kel, what did you mix up for us? I see what you did there. Thank you. It wasn't hard to notice. (laughs) One scene in particular stands out to me in this movie, and it's the one where the grandma comes to visit Holly, and they sit down for some tea, and the grandma asks. Oh, yeah. You got something a bit harder? <laughs> something for the tea? With those big, <laughs> big eyelashes batting at her? <laughs> I immediately wanted to make a spike tea for this week's episode. Putting our meat cute and mistletoe twist on it, I made a boozy masala chai with rum. Masala chai is an Indian spice milk tea made with black tea, milk, sugar, and aromatics, if you're aware. Our version is essentially a chocolate chai with a bit of booze. Just the way Grandma Betty likes. It's Christmas in a cup. (laughs) Thank you. I often make this masala chai mixture from scratch at home, and it tastes amazing with the addition of rum and cocoa. You can find the recipe and photos on our website at meetcuteandmistletoe.com. And it's delicious. Thank you. I think we all enjoy a little extra spirit in the cup. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so if... You've got your bingo cards out, then it's great to add a little bit of grandma's boozy masala chai (laughs) to your other hand. Uh, Let's get down to business. Yes. I have 
a lot to write down in this movie. <laughs> Get ready, y'all. I think we've just been ready and waiting to discuss this movie. It was such a treat. <laughs> um, act one, I have titled it Wish Upon a Mistletoe. <laughs> This movie opens on perhaps the most unrealistic scene in one of these movies that I have ever seen, and it's just too good to quickly brush over, so I'm just going to discuss it as it as it plays out. Um, Holly, a workaholic who's too busy to celebrate Christmas, despite it being her favorite time of the year, and who longs to have a family of her own, despite blowing off any opportunity to actually dive into the dating scene, chats with her boss, Vicky, a gorgeous woman of color, only one of two in this film, by the way, who, despite running an ad agency and a household of four children, stands in line to meet Santa and discuss taking time off at the holidays this would never happen mm. uh then she hands holly her personal business it's really unclear <laughs> credit card from her purse and demands that she take time off to find a and decorate a christmas tree for her home more things that would literally never happen no vicky passes holly a sprig of mistletoe mm. and tells her to make a wish because you know that's a thing, mistletoe wishes. And Holly says that she wishes to meet Mr. Wright, except the kids are so loud that Vicky doesn't hear. What's that? Vicky asks. <laughs> so Holly repeats, Hey, she got two wishes, Vicky's son pouts. Don't worry, kid, because this is still definitely not a thing. <laughs> but alas, a wry little magical Christmas elf looks straight into the camera with the creepiest smile you'll ever see. And now we know it's on. Holly, the workaholic, just wished for two Mr. Wrights. What could go wrong? Hmm. And cue the extremely long illustrated title <laughs> sequence. <laughs> um, okay, so first... I want to stop right here. Yeah. Genuine question. Why do you think that the go-to of, like, 90% of these movies have the lead female working at an ad agency <laughs> or marketing agency? Like, I just find that really bizarre. It, yeah. Uh, I think because, you know, 90% of lovelorn females who are in need of Christmas love and cheer these days do work in ad and marketing, Lindsay. We're just not aware. <laughs> okay, well, as someone totally who... Totally new to us! As someone who has fit that bill, it is, <laughs> that is accurate to me. But I just find that really bizarre that that's, it's, like, the go-to... It's a very strange go-to. And they're, I, like, I you're... It's glamorized, right? I, I guess it is glamorized. It's mm -hmm. such a weird... I, yeah... Because, I mean, just think back all the movies that we have done so far in this podcast that has had, like, 12 Dates of Christmas yeah. comes to mind. But it's a really good point. Like, we really need to diversify it just the, really these weird careers. I was like, why are they? They're always in advertising. Yeah. It just seemed really weird. Anyways, okay. Uh... So, uh, Holly goes and on her, on her boss's orders, Holly goes and finds her perfect tree at a tree lot and goes to check the price. But when her insane stiletto heel catches in a hole, the tree topples and her first Mr. Wright, Mr. Tom Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, that is, ah. comes to her rescue. None other than Joey Lawrence, tight faux hog crop, tighter leather jacket and jeans, and... Busting biceps. <laughs> Say it with me now. 
Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> They're clearly both smitten from the moment they meet, and it's confirmed when Tom asks for Holly's number. Um, as he ties down her purchase tree um, on top of her car, and she drives off with, like, a big dopey smile on her face from... Uh, so my favorite moment at that tree lot is when the worker comes up to help her. <laughs> Did you notice this? Yes, yes. Tom, like, completely dismisses him, but that guy was freaking hilarious. I was dying. Like, what was up with his voice? <laughs> it was so, it like... Was jarring. It almost made me, like, think, like, maybe there was a sound issue, and, like, they dubbed... They <laughs> Someone else's dubbed, voice. They dubbed Joey's voice. <laughs> Because it was very high-pitched. Oh, my God. What if they did dub Joey's voice? That actually would make a lot more sense. I'm not saying that's what happened, but, like, <laughs> but like I, maybe I that's listened what to it a yeah. couple of times because I noticed it, too, and I was like, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. The guy's like, can I help you guys? <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, sound issue. That's what I say, but, I mean, who knows? I was dying, though. <laughs> Dying so laughing so hard. <laughs> um, I like your theory. Thank you. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> Holly drives off with her new tree, uh, purchased with her boss's credit card when it cannon style <laughs> launches off of her roof and lands directly onto a passerby who was apparently walking in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Meet cute number two of the movie. She jumps out. <laughs> to go help remove the tree from atop Austin, clad in plaid and a trucker hat. Mm. The anti-sleek Tom, if you will. Oh, hi, Matthew Lawrence. Hi. Um, I had such a crush on him in his brotherly love Boy Meet Worlds days. Um, I was just thinking... I think we should stop here yeah. and, like, discuss. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Get it out of the way. Like, <laughs> for anyone... Uh, for me, when I saw that the Lawrence brothers were doing a movie, a Christmas movie that was brand new, that's when I was like, hold the phone. Yeah. We have to check this movie out. We have to do this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> because I was all about their content for in sure. the 90s. <laughs> so, did you watch Brotherly Love? I didn't watch Brotherly Love. I did watch Boy Meets World. Yeah. I watched Blossom. Yeah. Um... I totally had a crush on Matthew Lawrence okay. also, yeah. but I loved him in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. And when he was on um, The Hot Chick. Okay. With a very young, uh, what was her name? Rachel. Uh, Rachel McAdams. McAdams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved him on Samurai Cyber Squad. I never it was like saw Superhuman that. Samurai Squad. I remember the 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 sh- like the name sounds I familiar. I think that they were try uh, they were obviously trying to be like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, <laughs> but okay, okay, okay. and I don't. I guess maybe I don't remember if it was before mm-hmm. or after brotherly love yeah boy meets world okay. whatever all of those are kind of just like a jumble in my brain for sure for sure but i wasn't really allowed to watch blossom oh. like that was back when my parents were really really overprotectively religious mm-hmm. and we weren't allowed it to was watch very anything. early 90s early like early. i know yeah. i was probably too young yeah. to watch it when i did but i did watch it recently like for research purposes. 
because I generally liked the show when I was a kid because I loved the fashion. I was oh, yeah. all about Blossom's hat. Like, oh, six, I, like, I copied that fashion. Yeah. were, like, iconic. That show was so iconic. Yes. Like, 90s. To that time. Yeah. And, um, and honestly, all that's come back. It's, Those yeah. Those bucket hats are yeah. back. You're welcome, Gen Z. You're welcome, Gen Z. That is thanks to Blossom. I, I really like to think about the Lawrence brothers, like, of our generation is, Ooh. like, what like the Osmond family was yeah. to like the the boomer yeah generation yeah. cuz like the Osmonds like iconic in their own right with like being in, in the entertainment industry yes. for so long yeah and like still working still doing stuff and like squeaky clean image right but yeah. it's like you know the Lawrence brothers their careers have transcended like at least like 30 years yeah. right yeah so it it's like they're that's impressive. They're impressive, and I can't get enough. <laughs> I cannot get enough of these brothers. <laughs> these movies, keep them coming. Keep them Please. coming. <laughs> Amazon Prime, we will watch another one next Every year. Every single movie that they come up, we'll watch. <laughs> Matthew Lawrence has just been pummeled by a tree. <laughs> Astonishingly recovered by his sudden tree maiming, Austin helps Holly carry her new tree the rest of the way home where they realize she's completely ill-equipped for it. (laughs) Well, not completely. For someone who supposedly started out her day not planning on getting a Christmas tree for Mm -hmm. her house, Mm. Holly just so happens to have a tree stand ready and waiting in the middle of her living room. I'm glad you noticed this, too. (laughs) But she needs a trimmer and all the other decorations. Good thing she still has her boss's credit card (laughs) and apparently no qualms about using it carte blanche. Um, Holly and Austin make an impromptu date of it and wander a Christmas decor shop, then come back to her place to decorate and share dinner as they talk late into the night. It's clear they have a deep and immediate connection and apparently Austin has nowhere important to go. Yeah, where was he going? (laughs) I don't know. He's wandering in the middle of the street and then gets torpedoed by a tree. (laughs) (laughs) They end the date with a chaste, if incredibly awkward hug, and Austin writing down his number on a cute Santa gift tag saying, call me, as he explained he's not really up on current dating customs, but trying to catch up. Um, for a movie that's setting up for two Mr. Wrights, which meet cute did you like better, Cal? I, this is incredibly rare. Yeah. I usually don't like the meet cutes, but yeah. I liked both, both of, of these them. meet cutes. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I think with the, the right looking guy, I, you know, like. You'll oh, take yeah, either of them. I'll take either of them. Yes. Yeah. You? I think I prefer the. Christmas tree lot one, mm-hmm. but this leads me to my next question. Mm. <laughs> Would you let a rando at a tree lot try tie down your tree for you? <laughs> Again, and yeah. Before or after having seen uh, this movie, yeah, yeah, would yeah. your answer change? <laughs> I feel like if the guy was attractive, fucking lootly yes, please help me, sir. Yeah. Would you let a random guy strap <laughs> down your tree <laughs> for you? Tie me down to my, <laughs> me down to my car. <laughs> I... 
I I think that their mute cute their meet cute was really cute yeah. at the tree lot. Mm-hmm. Although she is like, I don't know what happened. And he says, I think the tree fell on you. Like it's very clear what happened. Yes. <laughs> so I thought that was very weird dialogue mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. happened there. Um and the way he's like, Miss, are you okay? <laughs> Maybe laugh really hard. Um I I think I would at least have the the worker there probably have jump in there yeah. at some point. Yeah. But um <laughs> I just I yeah, I guess I guess I like the idea of if I had a random car mishap happen and then that turned into an impromptu date with yeah, someone right? that just went on and on and on right. and whatnot. I do like that idea. Mm-hmm. So that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cute meet cute. It's a cute meet Two cute. meet cutes that are cute. Uh, for Bingo in our first act, we have a workaholic. Clearly, Holly's boss, Vicky, literally calls her one in the opening scene. Yeah, in case we didn't miss that. Mm-hmm. Unexplained holiday magic, obvi, because the twinkly music plays when that creepy little elf girl, like, breaks the fourth wall. Is that what they say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Holly hands Holly the mistletoe and then she smiles very creepily into the camera and we're like okay this is magic clearly we get it we get it um adorably klutzy fall pretty sure there were more falls that we didn't see with those sky high heels Holly was wearing um but this is the one we get uh car trouble Christmas tree flies off of Holly's car landing on Austin we have a very early falling in love montage with Austin and Holly at the store shopping for Christmas tree decor and they're just staring at each other laughing and there's music playing Uh, and then they're tree decorating together we have a dead loved one Holly's fireman dad who died about like four years ago she says before Christmas and then Austin's dad uh, apparently passed a few years ago also and then that goes into another tragic backstory of Holly's mom died when she was young like 12 years old or I think she said and now she's alone so we've got quite a few bingos <laughs> you could have bingo right here you could win there's one two three four five six seven eight so we could win. Someone could win right this now. This movie just was like trope, 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 trope. Oh, that's why I love it so much. <laughs> I know. They went hard. They did. Harder than, than Joey's biceps. Um, act two. Two Mr. Rights. We see what you did there, movie. Mm. We are acknowledging this. Austin and Holly's date had seemingly gone so well. So when three days have gone by and he still hasn't responded to her text, she's both miffed and hurt when Tom apparently comes through on the three-day get-a-number-wait-to-call dating etiquette game and calls to ask Holly out. Vicky, the amazing boss friend, chimes in that Holly's free to meet up tonight. So they go out to dinner, chat about work and Christmas. When Tom learns that Holly will be alone this holiday season, he invites her along to spend Christmas with his family after literally only one date together. Bonkers. I feel like that's a red flag. Bonkers. <laughs> um, Kelly, regardless of how lonely you might be for the holiday or how hot a first date is, do you take 
him up on this offer. I am really glad you brought this up. <laughs> because my first thoughts watching this movie is, like, I'm genuinely concerned right? about Holly's safety. Right? Like, she has no street smarts whatsoever. Right? Like, she's just kind of reckless. Yeah. With, like, the reality that, like... <laughs> You know, bringing a complete stranger into your home, uh, hanging out with a dude, and then telling him, you know where to find me. Like, that's <laughs> you know just where to find not... Me. I have no one in my life. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I am alone. tiny pair of Literally, to protect no myself. No <laughs> parents around, no siblings. My friends are all going to be gone. You know where to find me. Perfect. Great. Awesome. And then she just decides to meet up with this other guy yes. and go up into the to a cabin in the mountains. Yes. Uh by herself and who knows what the fuck will happen there. Yeah. And it just is it just me or like does this like potentially feel like a holiday horror film? Yeah, this is where the the movie could have taken a turn into a yeah. horror movie. Yeah. Left turns left and right. Yeah. Because <laughs> Tom I know another guy who wore fancy suits and worked in finance, and his name was Patrick Bateman. Is this what's happening? I'm just like, if this is American Psycho, I sincerely hope that that Tom, when he does, when she does go to the cabin, he ties her up. Because then we know that she'll be able to get out of the rope. True. Because he doesn't know how to tie a knot for shit. So... She'll be able to escape, and it'll there will be a happy ending to this. Because it'll be a slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's, but if if it if it, if, was, Austin, if it was Austin, she's, she's real fucked. She's fucked. <laughs> so. Okay, well, unfortunately, Vicky completely also lacks our street smarts. Maybe <laughs> she's the one who's encouraging all of this. I know. Like, her vote is, hell yes, go on a ski holiday vacation with a hot bachelor, a hem, and his family. Hmm. You'll know everything you need to know after you meet his family, she says. Um, I know I'm a total stranger danger homebody, but I'm personally much more inclined to go on the trip once Vicky's offered to let Holly stay in her family's cabin as well. That's true. So, yeah. yeah. That's why I was like, all right. Yeah. And I do think she has a point that's like, you will know need you know know everything you need to know once you meet the guy's family. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You'll get a lot of that out of the and way. And she makes her own arrangements yes. to go. So, okay. Yeah, Wait, yeah, when she calls him and is like, I'll drive myself. And he's like, you sure? I don't mind. Yeah, I was that's like, what I'm saying. This this could go this, this could go bad. He's giving off total creeper vibes. Yeah. In that phone call, even. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, though, I love how all of these movies just say the mountains yeah. so vaguely. Like, this movie is set in Utah. Is there just one set of mountains that could be nearby to the city that they supposedly <laughs> live in? Um, and what are the, the odds that both of the their family cabins are in the same set of mountains? Yeah. When it shows them driving, mm -hmm. 
it seems like there's lots of mountains here that they're driving through. So I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> it was like, okay, go to the mountains, the cabin in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after a quick stopover to rent some skis and have a very weirdly metaphorical conversation about dating, groomed runs, adventure trails, spring chickens, and the prime <laughs> of her life with the shop owner, Holly arrives at Vicky's way too overly decorated cabin, where we will, spoiler, only ever see her in the front room. <laughs> And mm-hmm. she will conveniently fall asleep twice in this area. Um, I'm convinced this set location never had a bedroom. I had the same exact thoughts. I I was very confused why we only see this one room. And then I was thinking of why that 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 happened. And then I was like, maybe in terms of like set location, like this room is in like the the right family cabin and they, they just, just wanted they over. just wanted to make it look like its own entity yeah and so like of course they can't have a separate bedroom because then you would see that it's like the, the same, same cabin i don't know i'm just trying to think of ways like how you would want to save money on location and with totally. COVID restrictions and all that stuff. Like, I also kept thinking, <clears throat> maybe they're all sleeping in the other rooms. <laughs> they have setups in the other rooms that people are using them. Yeah. It's so <laughs> odd that they would have yeah. that. I feel like... It would just be really it, obvious. It's so obvious, but then it's also like, okay, well... Make it not just a couch, make it like a pullout couch yeah. even. But again, budgets. Yes. So Yeah. It just was very noticeable. Especially oh, yeah. when it kept she's like settling in for mm-hmm. a little falling asleep reading. A and, couple of times. Yes. It's not just once. It's Multiple not like she just times. fell asleep no. on the couch. Yeah. No, that's that's where it. she's sleeping. That's the cabin where can you imagine Vicky and her four kids in that cabin? Where do they... Her four honey badgers. I think they're just like, bring like sleeping bags and they just sleep on the floor. I don't know. It just was really awkward. Um, <laughs> okay, please settle a debate for mm. me and my aunt, uncle, and cousins okay. who watched this movie together over Christmas. Who wrote Vicky's note to Holly in the cabin? Because when... Uh, she walks in and reads this handwritten note. Mm-hmm. It's as if it's written from Vicky. Right. But Vicky was never going to the mountains. Right. So did Vicky write it and mail it? Or did a neighbor write it pretending to be Vicky? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it took me the fourth viewing okay. to actually figure out that it like in the letter she's reading, Vicky explains that she had the neighbors put up the decorations yeah. in the cabin, right? Like it took me literally the fourth viewing to yeah. realize that. Yeah, I guess I wasn't. I was too distracted by the twinkling lights. But um, I imagine Vicky like dictated over the phone or via text to the neighbor, like this is what you need to say. Okay. Um, or she faxed it. I don't know. <laughs> and the neighbor's like, I'll just add a few little drawings right, underneath right. at the bottom of this mm-hmm. to make it all cutesy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> I 
wanted to bring up please the first dinner date scene with Tom who literally looks like he just like walked out of the pages of a Stetson cologne ad yes like with his hair awkwardly double breasted very tight jacket tight suit uh and I'm like oh well you know advertising like Holly's got her dude if she ever needs like a cologne ad guy so true like Tom is the guy but um I digress so so <laughs> did you notice that the salads were already at the table and when the bread. she arrived yeah and the and wine and the wine and it wasn't poured though right yeah. right it was and it breathing was, and he did a he let heavy it breathe. pour oh gosh yeah <laughs> Heavy, heavy pour. <laughs> heavy pour. <clears throat> but, like, the salads were on the table already, and, like, my brain, uh, like, was just, like, my cooking brain, because that's, like, that's when I go. see these scenes, it goes, I was, like, that's already a dress salad on the plate. How long has that been sitting there? It's going to be soggy. Like, <laughs> unless it's radicchio. Like, it's <clears throat> soggy salad. Don't it's going to be a salad. gross soggy salad. Yeah. And then I was thinking, I hate that he ordered for her already. We're getting early red flags that are going to yes. resurface later. Uh, for bingo in the section, <laughs> we've got a cute kid, that adorable baby model in the photo shoot. Yes. Uh, and then the same baby is wearing a uh, reindeer ears and reindeer jumpsuit. And uh, just adorable. That yes. was like a really cute baby. Yeah, I think it's it's too cute not to call that a yeah, reindeer yeah. sighting. For sure. And then we have a charitable act. Vicky lending her cabin to uh, Holly. And then her neighbors going all out to decorate the like the cabin and just like the whole gift basket with fresh fruit and then like the robe like she really made a big deal out of it and I thought that was very sweet yeah and charitable and Holly goes her. and leaves her voicemail yeah it's very sweet. thank you yeah uh Santa's suit there's a teddy bear on the couch in Vicky's cabin he's wearing a Santa suit uh it's like blink and you miss it but it's there for the next act (laughs) (laughs) which i've titled grandma always says more the merrier Mm -hmm. the entire movie's been building to exactly this scene holly walks up to a palatial mountain cabin like a huge mountain cabin yeah rings the doorbell and austin opens the door i say what Holly, Austin, then Tom walks up. You two know each other? (laughs) Wait a minute. And on the count of three, very well-timed on the part of all actors involved, might I add. (laughs) How do you two know each other? (laughs) It was like such a 90s, like, TV show moment, I felt like. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Shenanigans. Yes, shenanigans. Nineties TV shenanigans. <laughs> Cut to a very tense lunch table with Holly awkwardly sub sandwiched, wink wink, mm. between Tom and Austin, where both men recount how they met Holly, and Austin accuses his brother of nearly killing him with his awful knot t- tying skills. And um, dude, you're kind of weird about your knots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he goes on and on. Grandma is a damn scene stealer, 
in her eccentric clothes and makeup, reminiscing about her first love before her eventual husband and the guy's grandfather stole her heart away. Um, I guess more the merrier is a less of a motto and more of a <laughs> lifestyle for mm. her. <laughs> the other Wright brother, little Andy Lawrence, now all grown up. Looking like Brendan Fraser. So much. <laughs> An Encino man. <laughs> yes. That's a compliment, by yeah, the way. Absolutely is. Um, his girlfriend, I think, in the movie, and their mom basically all sit dumbfounded as both grown-ass men compete for Holly's attention and affection. Um, the line that I loved from this scene, mm-hmm. Grandma goes, I'm talking about a good old-fashioned cock. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> what a way to say sneak in that word into yes, the script. Yes, yes, yes. Uh the the mom the woman who they had playing the mom, yeah. she just I think she has like four lines in the entire movie, but she just like sighs yeah. and looks exasperated the whole time but throughout this whole entire lunch scene like there is a lot of eye acting happening oh yeah um have i just lost have i just watched so many of these movies that i've lost my taste for what is good um (laughs) because to me this scene was like insanely ridiculous but i was also laughing my ass off yeah yeah <laughs> i was having such a good time it from from the moment of the like how do you two know each other and then it immediately cuts to the awkwardness yes. and then that whole rest of the scene it was... definitely changes like it flips the the mood of the movie definitely yeah the like, whole tone definitely changes like, yeah it becomes more of a comedy now and very like wacky, mm-hmm. like goof, mm-hmm. goofball, right? Uh, which I I want that. <laughs> I want a goofball Lawrence Brothers yes. comedy. Do you think the sub sandwich was a metaphor for? <laughs> yeah, she was sandwiched between them. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unimpressed with the cockfighting that's happening <laughs> in this family lunch and eager to bounce on the entire family setup uh, despite grandma's insistence that both brothers take her skiing tomorrow and made the best man win. Holly's like, I'm getting out of here. Um, until Austin gets a moment alone and Holly straight up asks him why he never texts her back. Mm. Pretty hard to text back from a landline, which is the number Austin gave her. Who has a landline anymore? Both Holly and everyone else in this era <laughs> is asking. Boy, when he said he wasn't up to date on dating trends, he really meant it. Um, annoyed yet extremely relieved, Holly agrees to continue the incredibly awkward brotherly dating competition where she quickly learns it's not as fun as it might sound. The boys bicker on the slope all day and she nearly calls it quits, but decides to give them one more date each. Lunch with Tom and dinner with Austin. I would not give them any more chances if it Mm. were up to me. Uh, 
I'm more forgiving. I would give Austin another chance. <laughs> In his defense, he did write call me on the note. That's true. So she texted him. If she texted him. him, he said call. He said call. So I would have called Austin. Because she said, because he said to. Because he's attractive. Because <laughs> he's, he's Matthew Orr. And, and I wanted. <laughs> And I, I and I want to go out with him. Um, but like after all of that, I <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I met your marionette grandma. Mm-hmm. Oh god, yeah. She's like, no, I'm done. Your brother's crazy. I don't understand why she keeps going out with Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys, these guys can't possibly be thinking that their ski date together went well, right? Mm. Mm. I don't know. Even after the pep talk with Seth's adorable girlfriend, Callie, you would still go out with him? I I don't know. I think it's cringy for sure, but I think, I really think as just kind of putting myself in like the, like if I was Holly as someone who's like hasn't been dating for a long time and she like magically meets two guys in one day who are both like attract attractive uh and she you know she's never had that or hasn't had that in a while and like she's thoroughly entertained by it and i think like you know who doesn't like the attention of like you know someone who you find attractive and i think it's pretty obvious to us that, like, clearly there's one guy who's more for her than the other guy. But I think, like, in her brain, she's just trying to justify, like, to to make it work with Tom. Because he's kind of, like, the guy that shares the same lifestyle that she does. Yeah. And, like, on paper, she should be dating a guy like Tom. True. Um, but then there's, like, such a strong connection with her and Austin. And Austin's, like the complete opposite of who she is as a person and like he's like this free spirit mixed media artist or whatever and like doesn't have a cell phone and he's like should be the kind of guy that she wouldn't be attracted to but she is so I think she's just intrigued by everything I'm just trying I mean I'll give you that mm. And Seth's girlfriend seems like a good, nice person. Yeah. Wife, she wouldn't leave her Girlfriend, straight. we don't know. I, yeah, I was very it, confused It's very the unclear, the relationship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, for bingo in this section, we have Love Triangle Gets Complicated. Uh, it, it is a full-on battle royale, pretty much, at this point. So between the Wrights brothers on the slopes and off the slopes. Yeah. Uh, we have a ridiculous holiday sweater, grandma's uh, very <laughs> festive sweater that she wears, <laughs> so which true. I was living for that outfit. Yes. I loved the drop earrings. I loved the, like, bow. Like, the outfit killed. She, like, yes. She looked, yeah. Colorful. Colorful. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about the eye makeup anymore, but definitely like the outfit. Um, disapproving family. Uh, yeah, the rest of the family clearly disapproves of the grandmother's antics. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, token diversity. We now have uh, our second woman of color in the movie. Uh, Callie's Callie, who's uh, Seth's wife, girlfriend. We don't know. Yeah. Um, barely, 
barely a storyline or yeah. scene yeah. to it's, either of their names. Um, yeah. But we appreciate the attempt. Yeah, but it's still... Noticeable. Cring- yeah, it's cringeworthy. And yeah. it's this movie was made this year. This year. 2021. Well, yeah. So... I mean, mm, it's made in 2020 2020. 2020 yeah. Like, yeah. Put out for 2021. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Do better. It, uh, it was definitely made, I think, post... Black Lives Matter and all of the further diversity training and information yeah. that ensued yeah. in Hollywood uh, information that came mm-hmm. out. Yeah. We have a failing business. <laughs> Tom <laughs> talks about how he single-handedly saved the family business after their dad died. And uh, Austin is, like, not stoked about no. that. No. But... Yeah, that's our bingo. Again. Oh, we have a competition, too. Oh, and the King competition. The yes, I mean, of course. This whole seat. This the whole brothers are competing. Competition. Gosh. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, they're competing for the attention affection of Holly, and it's pretty embarrassing <laughs> to watch. For all of us. <laughs> um, act four. Two rights go very wrong. Mm. Tom takes Holly out to the nicest restaurant in town and immediately asks her where she sees herself in five years. Literally. I'm sorry, but I am out at this point with this guy. Everything about him screams douchebag to me. I can't tell if they're trying to play him this way or if he's just my own personal brand of nope. Mm. Um, He goes so far as to order for Holly. And at this point, I can't see a single reason she would continue to date him. As in, it doesn't doesn't even look like she wants to keep dating him. Mm. She later claims, though, that he's focused and driven, which she shares in common. But I just don't see the similarities no. between them. No. Uh, yeah. It, he, like, he even, like, doubles down and he says, like, like, what are you working towards? Yeah. And it felt like an interrogation. Yes. Like, this isn't a question you ask somebody on a second. I guess... What date are we on now with Third? these two? But it's just so, such an awkward question to ask somebody. And yeah. it's, it's very off-putting for sure. And yes. red flag. And, and, Total red flag. And I think when she says like, oh, I feel like I'm running from things more than toward them or mm. something. And then he's like, well, we can talk about that later. So like he's like kind of brushes it off. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think you're right about like her just feeling like on paper they should be yeah. into each other. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Austin takes Holly to the exact same restaurant for dinner, and the staff calls her on it, which I find really odd and unlikely and unnecessary and unprofessional. Totally. I don't think that that would really happen in the, like, restaurant world. I wouldn't. If I saw (laughs) somebody coming in with another date, I would... Like, I would specifically make sure that I didn't say something about that. Okay. That just seemed really weird to me. <laughs> like, I was like, that wouldn't happen, right? <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> he is clearly peeved and also underdressed. The waiter mm-hmm. also makes him change into a suit that they keep in-house to meet the dress code. And it is a total, like, fat guy in a little coat moment. Mm. And Austin throws a total hissy fit, which Holly calls him calls him on. And I'm glad for that. Mm. Um, then she suggests that they just leave, which immediately lightens their entire date mood. While... 
Austin and Holly try to figure out a better suited date idea. Pun very much intended. Mm. (laughs) Tom appears to be wallowing while waiting by wandering around a bakery where he runs into his ex from high school question mark mm. <laughs> she looks way younger than him for the record yes. to me um yeah. but um okay suspended reality <laughs> and guess what she owns the bakery because again women have two professions in these movies yeah. <laughs> they work for ad and marketing agencies or they work at bakeries <laughs> Baking montage time. Yeah. Um, They seem to be very much on the same mindset, discussing business and life philosophies as Liz subtly challenges Tom to be, to stop being so work oriented. Um, Too bad just as he starts thinking more about his personal life, (laughs) he sees Austin and Holly drive by and his competitive side kicks back into high gear and he's out of there before the cookies can cool. (laughs) Okay, so this is where, I don't know, maybe this, you had already caught on to this. Mm. It took me until my third viewing. (laughs) Do you think that Tom's tight clothes are a metaphor for him being too uptight? (laughs) Um, Because this is where I, like, started to think about all this. Tom wears insanely tight jackets all of the time. Yes. Including... On the restaurant snow globe date, where he asks about Holly's future plans, um, where, in contrast, Austin literally can't fit into a jacket Mm -hmm. there because it's too tight. Um, But then when Liz invites him to bake with her, she tells him to take off his jacket, Mm -hmm. which also... I think is unfortunately as close as we're getting to the shirtless hottie (laughs) trope in this movie. (laughs) But also I like couldn't help but wonder if that was a metaphor for like Tom beginning to loosen up because she's specifically is like, take your jacket off. And he's like, Oh really? And like takes it off and Mm -hmm. like handles it very kind of, yeah. And just sets it off aside. He's very meticulous. Yeah. 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 And is like, oh, can I, can I really have my jacket off now? Right, and right. I just w- started to really think about, like, okay, what's going on with his clothes mm-hmm. in this movie? But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Is that just weird? <laughs> no, I, I really, I see, I see, like, you've explained that very well. Uh, if this was a thesis, like, A+. Plus. <laughs> um, I, a, a part of me just thinks that they, like, wanted to outfit Joey in, cl- like, tighter clothes just to show off his physique but like but i you know maybe i'm wrong i just you know this movie could very well have more layers to it than i originally thought i mean yeah you have a very very strong like a very strong thesis (laughs) a strong thesis argument here so i was like have i watched this movie too many times i've watched this movie many times does mistletoe mix up have layers to the tight clothing that are happening with uh yeah with joey lawrence and by contrast matthew his you know the austin character is in like relaxed fit jeans totally he's in cowl neck sweaters yes and trucker hats hats yeah yeah, like very much more so like looser fitting clothing for sure and yeah he's like the laid back guy Mm -hmm. yeah so it's just my brain thinking no, about their fashion. <laughs> I think it's a very observant. Um, Austin and Holly have landed at the bowling alley where they seem 
much more at ease yes. and on track for a great date night. In fact, they are just about to kiss mm. when Tom drops in with Seth, Callie, and Grandma. Um, poor mom. <laughs> Didn't get yeah. hired on for this scene. <laughs> they gave her the day off. Yeah. Um, now that's a good old-fashioned cockfight block. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Things go from bad to worse when Tom decides to impress Holly with a karaoke rendition of Oh Holy Night. Oh and oh, holy crap, yeah. we got a musical scene Hell in this yeah, movie. Um, Austin jumps in to compete on that too before Seth also gets in on the action mm-hmm. and it devol- devolves into a full-on brawl. Mm. Holly is so out of there at this point. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Competition over. You are both losers. <laughs> like, <Right>. hardcore. <laughs> um, I didn't know that Matthew Lawrence could sing. Me neither. That was a lovely surprise. Like, I knew that, obviously, Joey had, like, a music, you know, like, he's come up with albums and such, and, like, um, Andy also is into music, and, yeah. but, like, I had no idea that Matthew could sing, and yeah. he sang, I was like... He had a lovely voice. Wow, he has a great voice. Carries a tune. Yeah. Amazingly. Yeah. They truly are the Osmonds of yeah, our generation. they are, yeah. For Bingo in this act, we have... A reunion. Liz, the bakery owner, saying, it's been so long. <laughs> um, yeah, I. it's, it's for me, it's like, I'm still unsure of, like, what exactly this relationship was. Because, like you said earlier, they clearly have an age gap. Like, yeah. There's, like, a 10-year age gap. Right? Yeah. Just the way they look. Yeah. And so, like, my brain is just like, okay, like, maybe she was, like... The younger sister of, like, the brother who was friends with with Tom in high school. I think they were trying to have it, like, <gasps> him with a good-looking girl. Clearly. Yeah. But it just didn't make any sense to no. me. Yeah. Um, I think that's a lovely thought, that process <laughs> that you have going <laughs> I was just trying to make up this narrative. And I was like, oh, well, maybe, like, they started dating when she was a senior in high school and he was, like, graduating college. I mean, <laughs> I don't they, know. It also cracks me up in movies when they do this. Because yes. it's like, yes. she's like, um, you know, something about, you left me waiting for three hours for the fall formal. Okay, well, yeah. first of all, you missed the entire fall formal Because it's, it's only three hours It's only long. three all hours yeah. for the fall formal. Yeah. And then second of all, she's like, uh, they're, they're, one of them says, oh, we haven't seen each other since that. Yeah. So, did you, did you take your friend's kid sister to the fall formal? Yeah. As- as an old man adult. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years older or something. Um, and then, yeah, and then stand her up and then never see her again. Mm. Because why would you be going to the... Why would you be dates to a school dance and then straight up never see each other again after right. the dance? Because the formal... The fall formal is not the end of, like, the school year. Like, no. Prom would be... Um, yeah. Or, you would... would be more It would be, realistic. like, a spring formal. Right. Yes. Run in with the ex, because uh, 
clearly there's some there was something yeah. between these two. Yeah. Uh, baking, of course, we have that uh, lovely baking scene between Tom and Liz. Um, we have an interrupted almost kiss between Austin and Holly yep, at yep. the bowling alley. Uh, musical number, which is my favorite of this act. Uh, I literally cannot believe this movie blessed us with a musical number. Nah. And honestly, Oh Holy Night, indeed. Uh, is this the best bad holiday rom-com of all time? I know, seriously. It's, it's, it was a good one. Uh, holiday Breakup. I guess because Holly like calls it off between the brothers. Yeah, she's like, "Nah, I'm not dating. You guys are done. I'm done." Yeah, we also get another classic Lawrence Brothers Ugh. perfectly synchronized line classic. with, "Look what you did!" <laughs> I just, I just gotta wonder how many times they practiced those synchronized lines. I feel like they've been doing it for so long. It's just like they look into each other's second eyes and nature know it. for these guys. Like they've they've mastered. They've mastered that. It's their own brand of comedy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's near and dear to my heart. Right. Last act. Are we ready for oh, this? Oh, man. I feel like we're all ready at this point. Act five. Do you really love her? Holly, La- La- Holly laments the terrible dates to Vicky who still thinks it's great to have two guys fighting over her. The fact that Vicky still doesn't see a problem here is a little bit unsettling for me at this point mm. and is leaving me wonder, like, what's wrong with her marriage at this yeah. point? Yeah. Um, but that's for another movie to solve. Mm. It's instead a perfect segue for Grandma Wright to show up in our favorite scene. Yes. <laughs> um, and to better discuss the dilemma with Holly. And between the two conversations, it's clear that she may have more traits in common with career-minded Tom, but she definitely has more chemistry and interest with tender-hearted Austin. Mm -hmm. Um, Holly stands outside as light snow starts to fall and makes another Christmas wish (laughs) to the god of Christmas wishes (laughs) that... Everyone can just be happy, is what she wishes as she stands and stares up into the sky, yeah. making her wish. Um, which leads us to Tom out walking deep in thought past Liz's bakery yet again as she closes up shop in prep for snow in the forecast and they start talking again. He tells her he hasn't felt free since he was with her 10 years ago, which is pretty sad when you think about it. Yeah. Um, he also keeps saying the other night. But wasn't all of this literally in the exact same night? I am so confused. It's It wasn't really clear, <laughs> for sure. Like, either they've been up in the mountains for multiple days, or like three days total. Um, yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. Christmas morning, Tom happens to overhear as Austin shares his feelings with their grandmother. No matter how much he's fallen for Holly, he will always put family first. Oh my god, we're finally ready to put the petty, brotherly, competitive bullshit behind us. Tom walks in, and they have a legitimately sweet and, dare I say, well-acted moment about holding the family together and looking up to each other. Um, Tom, their grandma, and Seth all push Austin to finally go after the girl again. Sorry, Mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's off to go catch her before she leaves for home. Austin shows up to declare his love for Holly, and she seems to slam the door in his face. (laughs) 
before reappearing with the wished-upon mistletoe in hand to kiss in the snow. This movie is ticking off the tropes Everything. left and right. It's giving. It's giving. <laughs> Do you think Matthew Lawrence really fell in the snow in this scene? <laughs> I feel like it was accidental and they just went with it. He's, he's like, his physical comedy is really good. That's true. Uh, I think, yeah. Um, the movie could be over right here, but mm. instead, why they decide why not sneak a couple more tropes in to finish this off with a real bingo bang? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we cut to Christmas celebrations at the Wright family cabin, where it appears Tom finally got a clue and called up Liz, and now they're smooching it up too. But not to be outdone, somehow and at some point. Between her late night chat with grandma, where she finally learned her ex-boyfriend Harry's last name, lest we forget Harry, and her mopey mid-morning packing to head back home Christmas morning, Holly has invited one more surprise guest along, and grandma got her own Christmas mistletoe wish, too. Mm. (laughs) Wow. What a... Just ended it on a bang. I... I didn't catch it on the second watch until, like, that that was the Harry from the ski shop. Right. It took, like, I just was dazzled by the Lawrence brothers. I wasn't really paying attention (laughs) to other things. But it's just, like, where on earth was she able to piece that together? Like Piece it together, call him, any of that. How, did she use a phone book? Like, uh, I guess oh, Harry Shaw doesn't have a landline. Right. Of <laughs> Yeah. Of all the Harrys in the world, of all the ski shops in Utah, she just magically runs into to Grandma Betty's Harry. Also, it would have made more sense, too, if the grandma had said, like, he was a skier. Right. He owned, his family yes. owned a ski shop. But all of she her stuff was like, he was anything. a musician. Right. Blah, 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 blah. So massive suspended reality for this but for sure okay whatever (laughs) but everyone gets a happy ending except for mom again mom's husband is dead yeah (laughs) she just gets to smile along at the antics as everyone else is paired off she just gets she's just happy to be included <laughs> and she got to she got to be there because you know I was on the lookout. I was like, is this another Joey Lawrence moment? Yeah. Or sorry, Joey Lawrence, Joey Fatone moment. Oh my where god. Where he's not it like, like hired just, in yeah. the scene. No, because they, the they filmed it. all those scenes yes. in that like week. Or yes. that not even week. They filmed all those scenes in that like that day. Yeah. I I'm glad you brought up the mom because I just don't understand. Why they even had a mom hired this actor? They should have just been like, our parents both died well, in a car accident. Or they could have had the grandma be the maternal character, right? Like we were taken care of by our sh- crazy wacky grandma. Yes. Yeah. Or or she that she doesn't have to be the grandma. She could be she their could mom because she. Spoiler alert: Donna Lawrence is their real mom. Yeah. Uh, and. It just it just kind of irritated me because I'm like why why have this extra person there who's just who has like four two four lines and 
she's not even in every scene the family is in. Yeah. So it just seems like in terms of like budgeting, I guess I'm like Tom and I'm thinking about finances. Uh, like why even have why hire another actor for this role that you easily could have like you could have just had Donna play that I, I maternal was character. Very confused by it's the, so by confusing. The mom character. I feel like the only reason why they had the mom character was so that in that, like, lunch scene, the family lunch scene at the yeah. cabin, she could be like, oh, mom. But anyone could have done that. <laughs> yeah. Seth could have said that. Yeah. So true. Like. Yep. It just does. It was weird. It was very weird. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she She played the character well. She just was very underutilized. Totally underutilized. Yeah. I wish yeah. they would have given her a more of a story. Yeah. Um, I I really have to bring up just one more thing. Yeah. Uh, that inappropriate makeout between <gasps> Tom and Liz yes. at that final scene. Yeah. Was so weird. Yeah. And like, I. I'm a very private person when it comes to, like, my relationships, and I personally would not, like, have a full-on makeout session with my partner in front of my entire family. Of course, not in front of my grandma, even if she was, like, quote-unquote, this crazy, drunk grandmother. Like, I personally wouldn't do that. It just felt so weird. Lindsay... What do you think? I I don't... I thought it was so weird. Okay, so I couldn't... So they... They transitioned from the kiss between Austin and Holly in the snow. Yes. And then to the kiss with Austin and Holly in the cabin. And then they have Seth say, hey, you two, get a room. And they turn like, oh, sorry. And then that's the comedic cut is it's like, oh, wasn't talking about you two. two." And then it's like pans over to the other two. So I don't know if that the idea was like, no, your kiss was fine. It's this other one that is completely inappropriate. And, like, maybe that was the point, but I feel like that was, it was just, like, yeah, it was awkward. It was crazy. I, I think I was just glad that they didn't have the Grandma and Harry kiss, too, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a lot, kiss-wise. Anything else you wanted to bring up? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Joey Lawrence's song at the end oh of the my movie. God. Banger. <laughs> I was like, Hark, whose voice am I hearing? Oh, so good. <laughs> bingo. Bingo. Last, Last bingo. one. <laughs> wise Sage imparts advice, grandma's tea time chat at Holly's cabin. That's for sure a wise yes. sage. Yes. Here. Um, we've got unexpected snow question mark. Uh it's I mean, we're in Park City, Utah. Like snow during, you know, this time is not unexpected, but like everyone seems to be like surprised that it's snowing on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's very I think we'll 
Sure. <laughs> if anyone, if they're, if they're waiting on this for bingo, you we'll give it to them. We'll give it to you. Uh, someone <laughs> learned a lesson. Tom and Austin's brotherly conversation about loving and respecting each other. For sure. In a very well-acted scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, declaration of love. Austin shows up on Holly's cabin doorstep to profess his love for her. Get the door slammed in his yeah, face. Yeah, I was like, to... <laughs> uh, pleasantly surprised. Mistletoe kissing, kiss in the snow. We got two tropes in one kiss yes. for Austin and Holly. <laughs> uh, love was there all along. Tom and Liz, old flames reunited and reignited again. Yes, yes. And uh, potential best friend finds love reunion trope. I feel like this is kind of a both, like, it could be either way for those two tropes. Yeah. For yeah. Grandma and Harry reuniting and find love again. It's kind of like, you know, we always, in when it comes to, like, the best friend finds love trope, it's like someone who you unexpectedly yes. wouldn't find love in the end does. Yeah. Which just is like grandma. Haphazardly or right. thrown together at right. the end. Totally. But, but it's also a reunion. Yes. So we've yeah. got, if you have, yes. you know, uh, I think everyone wins bingo for this movie. <laughs> this is like blackout bingo. Yeah. Every single square. <laughs> it's what we're playing in yeah. this one. <laughs> um, what is your center square? And I wonder if we oh have the same God. one. Um, I, there are so many. But um, the one thing that seemed very consistent for me in every single act of the movie was which had just was the ultimate deciding factor for me was Holly, Holly's winter attire. <laughs> like she's allergic to jackets. Kill killed me. Yeah. Killed me. Yes. Like I took notes on every single outfit she wore and like first of all like the sky high heels yes. that she wears in that first scene. Bath like of stilettos. Who wears those shoes in I'm imagining they're in Salt Lake because she's like going, she's like living in a major city and then she goes to Park City. Yeah. I don't know. But she lives somewhere. She, you know, she lives in a like a, you know, a a big city. city and she wears those shoes. Working. Working. Doing photo shoots. I don't know. (sighs) So unrealistic as someone who has done photo shoots. Yes. And just walks and then in. goes and then goes to a tree farm where there's like you're gonna be walking in dirt, you're gonna be walking in mud, you're gonna be walking in like gravel, and then those are the shoes you wore. Like, no wonder she fell. And if we are playing devil's advocate that she potentially went home to set up the tree yeah. holder yes. and then went to go get the tree. To bring it home, she would could have changed the shoes. So <laughs> exactly my point. And then like yeah, that's just one outfit <laughs> choice. And then like the denim vest she wears to yes. like the first cabin date, and it's just like that's not enough layers, honey. No. Uh, and then the lunch date that she does with um and that igloo thing yeah. when they're up in Park City with her like, like cold shoulders, dude. Full on summery linen off the shoulder blouse. Yeah. No jacket. Yeah. No coat. No scarf. Put on a damn coat. Put this. Put this woman in a fucking coat. Yeah, but the, the maitre d' should have brought her her. Why? A why wasn't she provided a coat? I know there's <laughs> yeah. heating. I know yeah. there's heating in this like restaurant. Yeah. However, like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Or <sighs> or uh, what the you know 
what is his name? Tom should have Tom. offered him his her coat. his coat. Right. But it never would have fit her. Never then happened. she would have had a fat guy. It would have been would have been tight on her. Um and then and then this is the one. Then she goes on the date with Austin yes. to the same restaurant. Still knowing, doesn't. But she walks out in like she managed to change the blouse. Now she's wearing a crochet bell sleeve top. Yeah. And Tom, I'm sorry. Uh, Austin is like, oh, the heater is not working. He has like a like completely uh, open air like Jeep. Cher Horowitz like Jeep. <laughs> Yet again, we're bringing up Clueless. I will forever bring up Clueless and everything. It's like the, one of the best movies of all time. Um, and because it's also a modern day remake of Emma and everything yes. comes back to Jane Austen and everything. We would not have romantic comedies without was, Jane Austen. What's for Jane Austen? Um, and so she has the opportunity. She sees the the vehicle. She knows how cold it is, and it's like Park City, like temperatures in like mid like December, definitely in the teens, in the forties maybe. But yeah. we're we're hovering in the 30, 20, 30 degree temperatures, yeah. and yeah. she's wearing a crochet top. Yeah. She has the opportunity to go and grab a jacket, coat, scarf, something. Something. And she doesn't. We already know she has a plaid scarf that she brought to lunch. She has a, a ski jacket. Coat. Yeah. A that she jacket. could totally yeah, wear. A ski jacket. It's fine. Well, she it doesn't. Doesn't, match her, doesn't match her attire. No. No. That was my square. <laughs> Is it your square? <laughs> We do not have the same center square. <laughs> I am in agreement with you, though. My center square, however, is the fact that Grandma rode there on a horse. Oh, my God. <laughs> she go, went to have her conversation with Holly. What? I could not get over it. And What was that? I just, I, I laughed so hard. <laughs> It's something that I've never seen in one of these movies. I'm sure I never will again. I I can't imagine it being written into the script, but I can't imagine that it wasn't written into the script. Exactly. And that it was just randomly added in. But they're they're sitting there, they're having their tea. She asks if she can <laughs> add a little extra spirit to it. <laughs> And then after they have their conversation and the grandmother encourages her to, you know, stay a little longer, take a chance, basically pick Austin. She then says, well, I gotta go. Can't let the horse get too cold. Which I was like, is that a weird, like, metaphor for the car or something yeah. <laughs> gotta gotta hit the road gotta i don't know and then she she goes and leaves and oh and holly you you see the grandma leave and holly like shut the door and so it's just a real quick little moment but it's like oh shit is that really a horse yeah. out there and then you hear the ho- and, oh and you see the grandma walk yes and she's like kind of weirdly bow-legged yes. walking yes out there <laughs> so i was like did she ride to the scene on the horse. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Holly opens the door when she hears her, like, get on it and yeah. is like, giddy up. <laughs> the yeah. horse maze. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's just... 
the grandma right over. Was it like because like we're led to believe that grandma is a drunk and that like she wouldn't go behind the wheel, like she wouldn't be driving, which I appreciate that on a realistic note, like she's not driving to to meet up with Holly, but it's like Okay, I'll go with you on that. But that's the only I feel Can you get a DUI on a horse? That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like in some states you probably could. I gotta look it up. Utah. No, not in Utah. You cannot. You can't be convicted of a DUI in Utah for riding a horse. The Utah Supreme Court decided back in 86 in a case called State versus Blowers. The Supreme Court agreed with their inter- interpretation of the law and was overturned and overturned the DUI convictions. Do you think that's blowers? Like, people who blew over the... Li- the blue over the limit. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just quick Google search uh, showed that that's that was a thing. Gotta gotta know gotta know what you learned about this movie. Sure. Okay. I have a lot of facts. Kaylin Richardson is the executive producer writer, and she also was the double for Callie's character on the she was actually the person who was skiing in that scene oh because you know how you see like the Seth character and the Callie character are both really really good at winter or uh you know snowboarding and skiing I felt like that certainly wasn't Seth's body right well I'm not sure about Seth but so this Kaylin Richardson um she is an Olympic alpine skier and U.S. national downhill champion. And then she was like, let me go write this movie. Who compete? Yeah, she's like, he's a big deal. She competed in like the 2006 and 2010 Winter Olympics. Damn, So impressive. And she actually lives in Utah and used the city as like her template to write this story. Um, She has previously done like TV work. She's like done like I don't know, TV appearances, documentaries and such. But um, she actually met Andy Lawrence a few years ago, um, like on a film shoot. And they like sparked a friendship. And he actually encouraged her to write the script. I love that. And the rest is history. I love that. So I love that Kaylin like is like this amazing athlete. Yeah. uh, wrote like, a good script. A legit fun I movie. I have to say. Yeah. A good script. Yeah. Um, but now I really want to know about the horse. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really want to know about a lot of these so things. So interesting. <laughs> Love to pick her brain. Um, another casting tidbit. Samantha Cope, who plays Liz. Uh, she also stars in a 2021 Lifetime movie, TV movie called A Deadly Deed. Ooh, okay. Uh, which also stars the Lawrence Brothers. Interesting. Co-written and directed by Andy. Oh. Oh, Andy's just, like, out here doing yeah. it all. So, Samantha Cope and Joey Lawrence... Announced their IRL engagement in August of last year. All right. Having met on the set of A Deadly Deed. Okay, so that came before Mistletoe Mixed. I'm assuming they filmed 
that movie first, and then she was cast as the His love interest, love interest in Mistletoe Mix-Up. And now they're engaged. The karaoke DJ at the bowling alley nice. was played by Eric Osmond, nephew to Donnie and Marie Osmond. Oh, we do have an Osmond We have connection. an Osmond in the house. <laughs> I just felt like his, I was like, he has to be somebody. Like, yeah. there's something about him. He has to be. He had a presence. He had a he presence had a gravitas about him, for him. sure. Uh, so the movie was filmed in April of 2021 on location in Daniel, Heber City, and Midway, Utah. So right. we are definitely in the Park City area. Yes. Uh, and the date spot that they use twice, the Cafe Galleria, is a real Italian restaurant right. located in Midway. Uh, it's famous for its Alpine Glove private dining dome. So those are real. They actually have those at that restaurant. They're adorable. Yeah. And um, you can reserve those online. Each globe has its own built-in heating, lighting, and sound system, which is pretty cool. Yes. Uh, Okay, so the classic mid-century bowling alley, Holiday Lanes. Oh, yes. Serves as the adorable bowling alley set on location in Heber City. It's been open since 1962. And was run is run by the same Christensen family since 1964. Oh, cute! And I thought it was adorable. That is, it was super cute. Yeah, adorable yeah. mid-century yes. bowling. I I have a thing for yes. mid-century bowling totally. alleys. So I went down a rabbit hole. Okay, <laughs> so I was like, where are we going with this? Of the Lawrence family, because okay. I just fully immersed myself in the Lawrence family. <laughs> Lawrence family. Um. I watched, I found an episode of Celebrity Family Feud from July 2015. Whoa, okay. And it's honestly a must watch. Like, you have to watch this. (laughs) If you are a big fan of the Lawrence family, like Lindsay and I are, it's a must watch. Uh, It's the Lawrence family against Mario Lopez's family. So in the episode, it's Joey, Matt, Andy, Mama Donna. Mama Donna. And an older gentleman named Harry. <gasps> Though they never, like, actually introduce the family members on the show. Okay. I'm, pr- I'm assuming this is, like, their grandfather. Okay. Because he's, like, an older gentleman. Like, older than Mama Donna. Okay. And he's clearly not the dad okay. because Joey is a junior. Oh, and okay. And we know that Joey's... Yeah, so there's a Harry, or maybe a stepfather? I don't know, but the name Harry is significant. In the Lawrence family. In the Lawrence family. Uh, I feel like we know that we would both recommend this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna be rewatching this movie. (laughs) This is gonna be one of the movies that we watch every year for Christmas, because we have already like discussed movies on this podcast ones that we watch every year this is being added to the official collection (laughs) more mix-up movies please i feel like the grandmother would like a like you know a hard drink mix-up a spirit mix-up yeah spirit mix-up shenanigans (sighs) i love it well guys that's our show (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode of Meet Cute and Mistletoe. And we also hope you enjoyed Mistletoe Mix-Up. At least as much as we did. Oh. <laughs> um, 
if you haven't yet, please go subscribe so you don't miss a, no- a new episode. Write a review, share with your friends, and connect with us anytime on social. And, you know, shout out to Luxembourg, India, Australia, New Zealand. We see you. We love you, cuties. Whoop, whoop. <laughs>